Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Prop D has been described as a small change for St. Louis City voters that could have a big impact on municipal elections. In fact, if voters approve it this November, it's safe to say it could dramatically change the outcome of the mayor's race, which is coming up this very next spring. So what does it mean? And is it a good thing? If it is a good thing, who is it a good thing for? Joining us today to walk us through what's being proposed here is Michael Butler. He is the St. Louis Recorder of Deeds, and he is also my former state representative. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So, Michael, this is uh, these changes would be pretty big. One of the biggest that comes with Prop D is that city elections would be done with approval voting. I imagine a lot of our listeners don't even know what that means. What would that mean if I'm looking at a ballot and I'm casting an approval vote? So what it means is that you have the ability to vote for more than one person, folks that you approve of for one uh, seat, for one, uh, for one open position. Uh, approve voting means you have the ability to approve or disapprove every candidate on the ballot. And then rather, rather than just voting for the individual, you choose all the candidates. And then those, the, folks that, the two folks who get the highest number of votes total will move on to a runoff election. And these runoff elections, as well as that initial approval vote that I'm doing, these would be nonpartisan. Um, instead of the winner of the Democratic primary basically winning the whole thing and then having this this formality a month later where they run against the Republican, this is just the two candidates, whoever they are, advance to this final round. How big a sea change would this be for politicians in St. Louis? And it's that simple. You you get it. You get it. It's uh, it, But it would be a big change. It's a simple thing that would be a really big changes. And I would say a cool thing that's a big change. Uh, one, it would create that, that nonpartisan election cycle would um, also allow for, uh, uh, tends to have more, better results for uh, African-American and forward-thinking politicians, hmm. folks who, uh, who, who have uh, progressives or folks who are more focused on the issues. What I find is big is that it takes the party part out of it. The party, I mean, we're, we have what is known as really one of the worst possible systems of elections. So a, a partisan primary, uh, again, with a partisan general election, in municipal election doesn't allow for, uh, for you to really vote on the issues, but more on the team that you're on. So um, speaking of the team that you're on, I mean, Michael, you're a Democrat. In fact, until yeah. recently, you were chair of the Democratic Central Committee. That's that's the apparatus for the party here in the city. I get that this could be really good for democracy, but isn't this potentially really bad for Democrats? No, I, 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 I don't. And the, anybody that says that, I disagree. I don't. <laughs> I think that Democrats have to earn people's votes and and rather than just folks choose us because we're on a, on a team. As a party structure, I think this actually makes the Democratic Party more relevant, and it makes the Democratic Party more involved in elections because in a nonpartisan election, folks need the Democratic Party to tell him who, who the Democrats are. And more importantly, the Democratic Party has the ability to hold those candidates more accountable to what the values of Democrats are. Hmm. We're an 85% Democrat city. That means 85, about 80, from anywhere from 80 to sometimes 87% of our voters are voting Democrat. The likelihood that a Republican would win in uh, St. Louis is extremely low. I'll say it's 15%. It's pretty low. But if a Republican were to win, that means they absolutely deserved it. That means they won on the issues that folks believed in what they had to say. And in, in that case, um, that that's what people want, and that's something that we should be championing. The Democrats should absolutely have to earn our votes and absolutely have to work hard to make sure that every citizen, um, on, based on issues and based on where they stand, 
is satisfied with their performance. I love the idea of candidates truly having to earn my vote. That actually does make me happy, and you describe that really nicely. But I do get a little worried. I know a lot of people who just really don't have time to pay attention to city politics, and they get into the voting booth, and they're just looking for that D. What kind of education would the party have to do to make sure people even knew who the Democrats were? I, no, that's a, that's a very important. I, I think, and I would say, I think that uh, most folks are not as uh, are worried about the other half. They get into a, the, the the polling place, and they're worried that they have so many good options that they can't choose just one. Hmm. Um, and, and and what we've seen in, in, in the past, really in the past mayoral election and in, in the past uh, local elections, you have you have good choices that are all Democrats, and then you're worried that you didn't do enough research to pick w- your one over the other. Um, in, in the last mayoral election, 67% of voters voted for an African-American candidate, and yet we don't have an African-American mayor. Hmm. Um, I think in, in, in response to Michael Brown's death, I mean, sorry, Michael Brown's murder and, uh, and, and the changes that have happened all across St. Louis City um, in, in, in voting patterns and how people feel, I think that we haven't had the results of that because people have not felt that they could express themselves uh, in, in polling locations. People are almost trying to be strategic sometimes. I feel like in the last uh, mayor's race, which was almost four years ago at this point, um, people were like, well, I really like so-and-so, but I guess I should vote for so-and-so because I think they might have the better chance. And in some ways, their strategizing was completely off. Having it all come down to that primary and having no chance for a runoff, it does seem like it's maybe led to people getting elected who don't have that much of a mandate. And, and, uh, and ultimately, Ultimately, what, what is likely to happen with approval voting is that two Democrats will make it to the runoff election. Mm-hmm. So then you'll, have, you'll, have a, a, you'll still have, a, in a sense, a tough choice in the, in the primary election, but it's much easier because you can vote for more than one person. But then you'll, have, uh, you'll be able to choose one of the two folks in a runoff election. Like, runoff elections are actually more, li- uh, more likely and more popular in municipal elections than our current system. Actually, the current system we have, even though we're so used to it, is the huge minority of municipal elections. I mean, Joplin has a nonpartisan mayoral election. Atlanta, Georgia, Chicago, Kansas City, plenty of other, um, San Francisco, St. Paul, Minnesota, plenty of other places have nonpartisan mayoral elections, and their results tend to be better uh, rooted uh, for, for the general public and for people than the ones we have here in St. Louis. We're talking to the St. Louis City Recorder of Deeds. That, of course, is Michael Butler. And he's describing to us his reasons for supporting Prop D, which will be on city ballots this November, could mean some big changes that would take place in time to impact next year's mayoral race. Uh, We're curious to hear from you. Do you have a question about Prop D? Uh, Michael and I will try to get you to an answer. Or maybe you're already up to speed and you want to let us know how you feel about it. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at ST on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Uh, Michael, it was interesting you mentioned Chicago. They adopted a nonpartisan runoff system for citywide offices, including mayor, in 1999. Um, I, I understand, though, the first time it came into play in a mayoral race was 2015 and then again in 2019, because in both cases, no one candidate received at least 50 percent of the primary vote. I'm curious how you feel like this has played out now that there have been a couple election cycles in Chicago where this has been in evidence. I, I think with the election of a black female lesbian in Chicago. This is Lori Lightfoot, the, the yeah. mayor there now. Yes, is uh, it, it just goes to show that uh, a lot of the barriers and the the I guess and the stereotypes we've put on who who gets to become a mayor of a city were absolutely broken in a city that's full of 
old school politics. And uh, that those types of elections inspire people. And uh, we'd love to have that kind of uh, that, that inspiration here in St. Louis. I know San Francisco, they adopted ranked choice voting. This was back in 2002. How is ranked choice different um, from what you're hoping for here with the approval voting? You know, I like ranked choice voting, too. Um, but I think the, the negatives of ranked choice voting, I also think, are, are fairly legitimate. Ranked choice voting is usually talked about uh, that it, it can be confusing, especially the first couple elections, which because ranked choice will say that you can vote for as many folks as you want, but you have to rank every candidate that you vote for, from one, two, three, who your first choice is, your second, your third. And then those, each of those votes carry different weights to determine who makes it to the runoff election. Approval voting is similar, except it says you don't have to actually rank them. Just say who you like. It's just one, you just vote for, for uh, Sarah Finsky, and you can also vote for Mike Bull if you want to. I imagine they probably vote for both of us there. Oh, yes. Um, I, I think we definitely have earned their votes here. But, <laughs> but yeah, it does seem a lot simpler. The idea of having to rank them, i got to say, further down into these list of names, I might have opinions on two people. I don't know that I have opinions on, say, the seven candidates we tend to get in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And in ranked choice voting, uh, I mean, once again, it's about the issues. It's about what people are feeling. And even though San Francisco is not a majority African-American city, they elected African-American mayor in London Breed. Hmm. I mean, and she was a, uh, had been a leader for, uh, for quite some time in the city. But still, it, it, it wasn't based on race. It wasn't racial politics. It wasn't based uh, vote, uh, people. Uh, the election didn't seem to be based on strategies and barriers that have been stereotyped for years based on the issues and what and, and what that uh, that candidate stood for. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, frankly, sometimes when we talk about electoral issues, they're not the sexiest. Our phone lines are blowing up. So, oh, Michael, wow. I think what, what you're talking about here, there are people with strong feelings on this, and it'll be interesting to, to hear from a couple of them. Let's go to Doug, who is calling from St. Louis. Um, Doug, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I, I like the idea of having a nonpartisan uh, election. A uh, couple questions. First, I assume that the ballot would not disclose uh, what party the person tends to affiliate with. Is that right? Uh, that my, is correct. Okay. So Michael's okay. saying, yeah, it wouldn't even list the D or the R next to the name. Uh, that's ideal. And then the second uh, question is, why would we not allow people to simply vote for one person in the first round of voting? And then if that person gets 50 percent of the vote, there would be no need for a runoff election. So, yeah, Doug, that's a good question. Why not just go with more of a classic nonpartisan runoff type system? Michael, what are, what are the reasons for why do this uh, this approval voting instead? I'd say first, um, you could if you want to. If you were a voter who wanted to vote for just one person, you absolutely have the ability to do that. Um, so it's it's not forcing you to vote for more than one person. So if you did, you absolutely have the ability to do that. Why we why we would want to have an approval voter saying we can vote for more than one is that what we find in, in, in elections that most voters uh, in high information elections, especially in St. Louis City, may want to vote for more than one person and may may hear may hear issue, based on issues hear more than one person represent a lot of what they believe, and they should have the ability to vote for that person as well. Doug, I want to thank you for those questions. I think those those were both great, uh, good things to wonder about. Let's go back to the phone lines. Karen is calling from Baldwin. Um, Karen, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, I'm a native St. Louis. I got gentrified out to Baldwin, and I want to know how Prop B will impact the committeeman and committeewoman structure in the Democratic Party. Is that included in the Prop B, I mean, excuse me, Prop D um, 
legislation? Karen, that's a good question. I know that body is, is dear to Michael's heart. Um, how would that be impacted? It actually would not be impacted. These are just for municipal elections, including mayor, comptroller, president board, all in the aldermanic elections. Uh, state elections, uh, so committee people elected in the August prim- state August state primaries, the uh, property would not affect those primaries. And Karen, I'm just curious, is this something where you'd like to see the committeemen, committeewoman structure stay in place, or are you disappointed this isn't potentially getting swept away as well? You know, growing up in St. Louis, they were very powerful and very involved in the neighborhood and very responsive to the community. I don't see that being the case now. I see it now as just being part of the political power structure Mm. and maintaining the same, you know, hierarchy and the local Democratic Party. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see them go. Well, Karen, I appreciate your thoughts on that. And, and Michael, I know when you were running the committee there, you did uh, bring a bunch of changes to it, and you were hoping to, to make it a more meaningful organization. Do you think we'll continue to see movement in that direction? I absolutely do. I absolutely do think we'll. Uh, and, 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 and the criticisms that she has about the Central Committee are, are, are valid. I think in what we're seeing is a lot more energy around uh, voter turnout and, and, and those committee people getting back to, to working with folks. And I think um, uh, we've seen it, we saw a lot more a lot more visibility in the Central Committee, and I know that's going to continue under Carla May. Yeah, Carla May was recently elected the chair, and um, we've had her on the show before. She just seems like a, a real smart go-getter, and it's going to be interesting to see what she Much does. Much more than it. me. I, <laughs> I did not mean that as a contrast, Michael. <laughs> no, that was I, not I my intention. I just added that. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a, a good compliment for Carla. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Emily is calling from St. Louis. Um, Emily, hi. You're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, um, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much to Michael Butler for supporting Prop D. I actually gathered signatures for Prop D, and I'm really excited about it. I think that it's going to be a, a very positive change for St. Louis um, to make everyone's vote matter and give more power to the voters. So I think it's it's going to be a great um, a great change for St. Louis, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited to vote for it this November. Emily, thank you so much for that. And and that actually leads right into a a good question that I meant to ask you, Michael Butler. And that is, um, where did the manpower come from to get this on the ballot? Is is there some big money initiative backing this thing? So first I want to say I I, I love that. Thank you so much for calling in. I love the excitement. And this is exciting. I mean, the fact that St. Louis can change the way elections happen is very exciting. And a lot of the manpower and the funding came from a grant that uh, STL approves apply for through the Center for, uh, I think, mean, election, um, you know, election progress or something. It, it was a national organization, which uh, some folks want to push back on and say, oh, it was, out, it was quite a lot of outside money. It's not, it, but it's not secret money. You can go onto, uh, onto their website, and I will give you the exact name here in a sec, um, and they and you can see who their board directors are. These are great people who are just trying to uh, uh, empower people through voting. But there's also been a lot of local donors. I mean, we've, we've had quite a few lo- local folks, and the manpower is really coming from volunteers and folks just like that, that young lady who called in, who are excited about the idea. Like these, a national group can't come knock doors and, and, and get signatures signed by folks. Um, these young folks and folks uh, who, who want to see change in St. Louis. Are leading the charge, and they are—they are, they have a lot of excitement towards um, what our city could look like if this passes. 
Hmm. So this sounds like this is a, a national group that's interested in some progressive causes and making these sorts of reforms. Is, is that fair to say? That's who's driving this? No, what's driving is a local group who applied for a grant. Ah, to yes, that's OK. Good clarification yeah. there. And got yeah. this grant then from this national group that's that's interested in these types of issues. That is correct. OK. And do you see any formal opposition to this um, beginning to form up where we could see a campaign uh, pr- designed to persuade us to say no? I'm actually not seeing any formal opposition at this point. Um, 79% of black voters actually support, um, and 71% support, uh, uh, white voters support, support approval voting. So there's a lot of support behind it. I, I think it'd be really, uh, uh, disingenuous for an opposition group to, to form with that kind of great polling. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, I, I don't see a good opposition group coming up. And honestly, the only folks who have, um, who have, made any kind of suggestion that they're not interested in something like this, or just members of the Democratic establishment. Mm-hmm. Some people would say I'm a part of, so there are others in the establishment who uh, believe that this is a great idea. I did want to also offer a clarification. We heard from a few callers who were, frankly, just still a little confused about the idea of approval voting. And since I think this is a really important part of this, I'd, I'd be remiss to end this conversation without revisiting this. This is the idea that if eight people are running for mayor and you like six of them, which seems like a high percentage to me, but who knows, <laughs> you could actually vote for all six and those votes would count. And whoever, whichever two candidates gets the most votes, they advance. Michael, is that a, a good summary? there? That is a good summary. Okay. Yes. So if people are um, if people are confused about that, um, we do want to send them to stlapproves.org. This is a website that spells out the campaign behind this. It explains who's behind it. It explains how it would work. Michael, I think you did a great job explaining it, though, today. So I want to thank you for joining us to, to share your insight into this. Thank you so much. And that organization is, uh, once again, stlapproves.org. But also you can check out the Center for Election Science. That's a national organization that STL Proves went for uh, the grant for that's funding some of it. But, of course, the local organization STL Proves needs your support and would love for you to sign on to the campaign as soon as possible. Okay. And that was the Center for Election Science that Michael yeah. just mentioned. We're hearing a lot of excitement about this. We actually just heard from someone on Facebook saying this would be the most promising change in St. Louis politics since I moved to the city 41 years ago. Some yeah. high hopes here. It'll be interesting to see if we can keep the momentum and if this delivers the kind of results that Michael Butler is promising. So, there, Michael, thank I you again. Maybe if this actually passes. Wow. Well, we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> I said maybe. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) A good clarification there. (laughs) So that again, that's stlapproves.org. And that is about Prop D, uh, which will be on the ballot citywide this November. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.